You are listening to Feast Radio, bringing God's love and grace on air. Listen to significant and heartfelt messages you can reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. Welcome to the family, dear friends. Thank you for showing up this Sunday morning. I want you to greet as many people around you and say to them, thank you for showing up. Thank you for showing up. And I want you, if you can, high five or fist bump as many people around you and say to them, welcome home. Those people watching online, welcome home. Thank you for, again, also showing up via online. I hope that one day you could come and be one with us here in PICC. And yes, you've heard the announcement, right? Next week, we're still going to be in Plenary Hall. Just to clarify, we only have two sessions, 8.30 and 1.30. There was a plan last week announced by Audi that we might have 8 and 10.45. Let me clarify now. Before anybody else gets confused, we're staying in plenary hall for next week. When do we move or when do when whatever plans ahead, we will announce it to you week per week. We want to thank you and, you know, thank you for bearing with the family. But we want to give the best full experience that we can in feeding our people here in the feast. And you guys are part of that kitchen. Yeah? You are not, you're not just attendees. You're showing up being part of that kitchen allowing us to see and feel and grow the family that we're all making it work. So thank you. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your faithfulness in showing up. We love you guys. Always trying to make the feasts work. And uh, whew, it's a beautiful time. Amen. One more time, say to the people around you, welcome home. <laughs> I feel that there are some people. How many are attending for the first time? If it's you, could you raise your hand up? Hey, welcome. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. Hey, hi. Welcome. Welcome. Probably you're coming from all over. Thank you for being one with us. We recognize you. And we also recognize those people who have been one with us, but starting to go and attend again after the pandemic. We're still in the pandemic, but we're going to be okay. But we are recognizing everybody again. Why? Because we celebrate presence. We celebrate the presence of each and every one, and most especially the presence of God in us, with us, and through us. God can do His mighty work today, every day, and for the rest of our lives. I'm just so happy to be one with all of you. Seeing people, multitudes, uh, we're a bit more than a thousand here, praising the name of Jesus, throwing everything else behind because it is Him who we came for. Amen? Amen. All right. Let's pray our favorite prayer in the feast. Are you ready? In the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, amen. Shout it out loud. Stretch your hands up if you're comfortable with it and just declare it all together. Today, I receive all of God's love for me. Come on. Today, I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Today, I open myself to God's blessings, healing, and miracles. Today, I open myself to God's words so I'll become more like Jesus every day. Proclaim it. Today, I proclaim that I am God's beloved, that I am God's servant, that I am God's powerful champion. Because I am blessed, 
I am blessing the world in Jesus' name. Amen. Keep it up. Sing. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Put your hands to your chest. Lord, speak to us. We're ready to receive you. We're ready to hear from you. Touch us like you've never touched us before. Change our hearts. Transform our lives according to your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Give the Lord a big, big hand, please. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's welcome first part, Brother Bo Sanchez. Give him a big hand. Thank you, Didoy. Thank you so much. Worship team, giving them also a big, big hand. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Amen. I want you to say this with me. You never graduate from trusting God. Everybody say that. We don't... Sorry. We never graduate from trusting God. Tell somebody beside you, just in case that person is not listening. You never graduate from trusting God. You never do that. Amen. Please be seated. Touch somebody beside you. Tell that person. God will speak to you today. There is no point in your future where you say, Trusting God? Kayang kaya ko Been there, done that. That's something I'm an expert in. There is no point in your life, in your future, where you say, Yeah, I've, I've handled that already. I'm, I'm okay. Because I believe that for the rest of our lives, we will always struggle with trusting God. And that's okay. It really is. I don't care if you're 300 years old following the Lord or you have four PhDs in theology from Rome. There, you know, you, you will still have a battle with trusting God. And my, my, my belief, trusting God is so important. Ask me why. Because our obedience to God depends on it. We don't obey God because we don't trust Him. You understand me? That an obedience problem is always a trust problem. Am I making sense? Let, let me share a little bit, take a pause and tell you a story. I attended a birthday party in my neighborhood. And batang-bata pa lang siya, yung birthday celebrant. 95 years old lang naman. And she is a woman who had a stroke 30 years ago. And so for the past 30 years, she has been stuck in a wheelchair. And so she should have been miserable all these years. But when I entered the gate, she had this beautiful smile, waved her hand at me, and she said, Brother Bo, I'm 95 and I'm happy. And so she started telling me her life story. 
sitting beside her. It was so beautiful and so wonderful to listen. And I was able to pick out five things why she was happy. Number one, she said, give and expect nothing in return. I mean, I preach this, right? But listening to a 95-year-old woman say that, give without expecting anything in return, I really believe that a lot of people are in pain, and it is a useless pain. Why? Because they give with expectations. Are you listening to me? And so that was so refreshing to hear it. Number two, she was someone who saw blessings everywhere. You know, I was talking to her, and every sentence, she says, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, on and on and on, she said, thank you, Lord. Grateful people are happy people. Yes? You know what? My belief is that <laughs> when grateful people are not only happy people, grateful people are rich people. Ask me why. Because wealth is not measured by how much money you have. It's measured by how grateful you are. Number four, put people over things. She, she was not materialistic. She, she would say, you know, I, I'd rather help people. I'd rather help. You know, there's so many people who are suffering more than I am suffering. And then number five, I'm sorry, number four, she, and, and this, this, whoa, this like surprised me. She prepared financially. She did for her financial future. She, she did. For 40 years, she was a school teacher. And with her sister, they, they kept on saving, you know? And they've been retired. You know, she's 95, her sister's 80 plus. They've been retired for the longest time, not working. And yet, she, they, were, they were just living off the interest from her investments. Ang You know, being a financial teacher, I was saying, wow. You know, it, this thing works. You know, and, and I, I loved it. And number five, the reason why she was happy was this. She let God keep her company the whole day. It, just stuck in a wheelchair, 30 years, what does she do? She told me, you know, Brother Bo, I pray. I pray for others. So many people to pray for. She trusts in God. If there's an old person that you meet and that old person is, has been following God all these years, give that person an R. Sit beside that person and you will hear story after story after story of how this person knows God and knows that he is trustworthy. Not because the person read a book, but because the person experienced God's trustworthiness. And so we go to our series today, Genesis. Welcome to our series on Genesis. Welcome to this particular talk about this guy by the name of Abram, who later on becomes Abraham. And according to Galatians, according to James, according to the New Testament, he is described as a man of faith. Everybody say man of faith. In the book of Genesis, chapter 15, verse 6, let's read. Let's read together. And Abraham believed in God, believed the Lord, 
And the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Everybody say because of his faith. And yet, like, okay, he's a man of faith. Are you familiar with the song, Father Abraham has many children, many children has Father Abraham. We have a concert tonight, 7 o'clock. I'm, I'm just practicing. <laughs> I am one of them, and so are you. So let us praise the Lord. You know, we look at Abraham as a good guy, as a holy man, yes? But when you examine, really, like not, not just read a children's book about Abraham, but really look at the Bible and read the story, this is your reaction. <gasps> See, Abraham, bato? he cheated, he lied, he raped Sarai's slave. It's like, talaga, brother Bo? Yes! He's a horrible man! But then the Bible says he was a man of faith. How is that? It's very, very confusing. You read the story, seven times God shows up in his life. And the Genesis author highlights the fact that God shows up. Ask me why. Two of those times, he appears in one time, the trees of Mamre, that's where God shows up. Mamre in Hebrew means sight. And then another time where God shows up, appears to him, Mount Moriah. We'll, 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 we'll talk more about that later. That place where Abraham sacrificed Isaac. Supposed to be. His son. Mount Moriah. Guess what Moriah means? Ask me what? Moriah means also sight. It's like the Genesis author was trying to say, Abraham kept seeing God. He failed here. He failed there. He did this horrible thing. He messed up his life. And yet God insists on showing up. You know, when, when I read the Old Testament now, I've, I've been reading it for 40 plus years, but every time you read it, you're just like, whoa. And now I'm more convinced. You know, when people say that the Old Testament God is a God who's cruel and a God who's really, really punishing, and, and, and then the New Testament God, oh, he's the God who's now gentle and now kind. That's totally wrong. Because if you read the story, the book of Genesis, the, the author, you know, if you only read the story of Abraham, why would God deal with this man who fails so many times and yet God is there showing up himself? Are you listening to me? In the first encounter with God that Abraham had, it was a very dark place, dark period of his life. His father, Terah, died. And then his brother Haran died. And then Sarai, his wife, was barren. And during that ancient time and culture, if you do not have any children or descendants, you are a nobody. And it is during that dark time, that struggle in Abraham's life, that's when the first time God appears. Why? It's in our struggles where we encounter God. 
You didn't get that. No, no, you didn't get that. It's in your struggles where you encounter. Now you're you're you're. Uh -huh, yeah. Mm -hmm, yeah. It's in your struggle where you. You should be. Man, that's, I'm telling you. So this is, this is what God tells Abraham. The Lord had said to Abraham, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Why this? Why this very special call? Why this very special blessing that he will become the blessing of many nations? Ask me why. Is it because Abraham was good? Louder. Is it because Abraham earned it? Is it because Abraham deserved it? The reason why God blesses Abraham is because God is a blesser. That's it. It's He. And so in your life, my dear friends, I'm going to pass the microphone now. Just want, before I leave the stage, I just want you to know that. Why will God bless you? Why, will, why does God always show up in your life? If you're my age, I love looking back at my life. I'm, I, you know, 50 plus years of looking back and seeing how God showed up in my life, you know, despite my failures, despite all my sins, despite all give, messing up my life with my wrong, stupid, foolish decisions, God is still there. God is still there showing up. I see Him. I see Him. Why? It's not because I earned it. It's not because I'm good. It's not because I'm deserving, but because He is a blesser. He cannot help Himself. He cannot stop himself. He will always show up. He will always bless you. Doc Didoy, come. Preach away. Awesome, Brother Bo. Beautiful. You did not get what Bo was saying earlier. When we are in the struggles, that's when we really encounter God. I will show to you Abraham's struggles, just like you and I. But Abraham's struggles were very, very particular. And we're going to show it up now. But Bo was saying, Abraham was a man of faith. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, some parts of the Bible even call him a friend of God. But sorry to say, he's not, he's a jerk. Yeah. And I have the hard part of saying that to you. <laughs> we need to read the Bible without our rose-colored glasses. And we need to see what the Bible authors, the Genesis authors, were really trying to say. But first, let me echo what, what Brother Bo said earlier. God blessed Abraham, Abraham so that he could become a blessing. And there's a purpose, and the ble he wants you and I, he wants Abraham to be a blesser too. Let me echo what it said in verse 3 earlier. 
All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Can you say that to the person beside you? All the families on earth will be blessed through you. And it did not come without pain. The encounter of God, the encounter of Abraham with God was through pain, losing loved ones. Wife is barren. Are you with me? And yet, even in their pain, God has a purpose. And what is that purpose? To bless you so that you could bless others too. Beautiful. If you will notice, week per week, we're trying to show up the Bible story and see the purpose of the authors. And you mentioned in, in last week's talk, everything is connected. There are patterns and there are hyperlinks, if you want to say that. We cannot fully understand the story of Abraham without relating to the other parts of the Bible. Last week, we talked about the Tower of Babel. And, you know, when humanity rejected God's call to spread all the, throughout all the earth, God chose one man. And that is Abraham and his family to receive that call. And that's how Abraham responded from Genesis 12. Can you show it up on the slides, please? From Genesis 12, verse 4 to 5, Abraham responded with trust. Everybody say trust. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was... 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran and they set out to the land of Canaan and they arrived there. Nice. Followed with trust, followed through the call of God and okay, we will go. And you know what Abraham did? The first thing that he did, ask me what? I love saying that. Ask me what? <laughs> he did not build a tower for his glory. He built an altar. So unlike the people in Babel, he trusted God. Point of reflection. When we follow God, and yes, there are fruits, beautiful things in following God. Yes? Are we building altars or are we building towers? I see mixed emotions. People, some people are like, yeah, yeah, preach, yes. Some people are like, that's fine. But you will see, life is not just a linear thing. When you start following God, everything is beautiful, everything is nice, you're good. No. <laughs> In this, it's an everyday struggle. It was so good. But trusting God, correct me if I'm wrong, if in your ex personal experience, trusting God is sometimes not easy. Trusting God also, whew, it's a slap in the face and say, you did this wrong thing and yet you say you trust God. It's, it's tough. It's hard. Can I see a raise of hands who are having a hard time trusting God from time to time or most of the time? All right. One, fantastic. You, welcome to the family. <laughs> 
Abraham failed to trust God, and it is again and again and again. That's why I was telling earlier he was a jerk. There was some form, a lot of disobedience. And Brother Bo was saying earlier, disobedience is a lack of trust. And I'll share to you some failures along the way. Despite, look at this, uh, despite being blessed by the Lord, give him the blessing that he will have descendants, that he has this land, and he will be a father of many nations. And yet, even after that blessing, he committed disobedience. He failed one over the other, and it's very, very bad. Failure number one, he brought the wrong guy. When God told Abraham to leave his country, he gave him specific instructions. And the instruction was just to bring only his immediate family. But Abraham disobeyed immediately. He brought Lot, his nephew. We just read that. Do you remember? Yes? And this nephew, if you'll read through the, whole, the, the Bible, this nephew caused a lot of problems for him. It caused a lot of allies, fighting, and he was kidnapped by, by another, another tribe, and they had to go to war so that they could just rescue him. And later on, it was Lot who ended up living in Sodom, the wicked city. Lots of lessons there. First, when you don't obey God, people suffer, even you. Let me say that again. When we do not obey God, and... Disobedience is also because of not trusting God. When we do not obey God, when we do not trust God, people suffer. You, people around you, people that you love. Second lesson, partial obedience is still disobedience. Right? Oh, yes. If it's not a full obedience, it's still disobedience. And thirdly, Kawai kawai, you also need to be careful on who you bring on your journey, your travel buddies, because they could build you or they could also break you. You don't have to look at the people around you. Pinili mo na yan. <laughs> but, I'm Pinili mo na yan. but I'm talking about your daily choices. You know, what do you follow? Or, or, or are you always scrolling up? Or are you always, you know... <laughs> You got to choose your travel buddies well. We are, life is in, we are on a life journey, yes? It will matter who you're journeying with. So, Abraham brought the wrong companions, or companion. He brought the wrong guy. Second, he threw his wife, second failure, he threw his wife under the bus. Okay, that's an idiom, and I have to explain it a little bit. When you throw somebody under the bus, meaning you, in Tagalog, nilaglag mo yung isang tao para you gain a little bit, you, you, you gain something in paglaglag na ibang tao. Pero his wife, he threw under the bus. In the story, a huge famine struck the land, and they had to go to Egypt. Okay, so from Genesis 12, let, let me read it. Now there was a famine in the land and Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. He became a foreigner, an immigrant. And that's, you know, that's where the problem happened. Pharaoh takes interest in his wife, Sarai. And you could just imagine what's going on in Abram's mind. <sighs> I need to save myself because if the Pharaoh knew that she's my wife, 
the Pharaoh might kill me to get her. So, no, she's just my sister. <laughs> Self-preservation is a very powerful force. And it was cowardly of Abram to throw his wife under the bus. Remember just a chapter ago, God just promised Abraham many descendants. But here we are, he's throwing his wife under the bus. But you know what? God keeps on showing up. God keeps on intervening despite our failures. So in Genesis 12, verse 17, But the Lord sent terrible plagues upon Pharaoh and his household because of Sarai. Abram's wife. And, and Pharaoh returned Sarai to Abram. When we sin, we cause people to suffer. Abram's calling was to be a wonderful blessing, a blessing to many people. But because of his disobedience, it brought a curse, not just to him, but also to the land of Egypt. Terrible. This is Abraham. We're still talking about. Terrible, right? One more thing. Third failure. He raped Sarai's slave. But before I say more about that, rape is rape. It's wrong. Okay? After many decades of still having no child with Sarai, she's barren, remember? Abraham and Sarai were very desperate to have a child. They, 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 the problem is when we take matters into our own hands, that is the failure. They, Sarai, look at this, Sarai told Abraham to take their servant Hagar and have a baby with her. So it's, it's, there's some parallelism here. There's a pattern here. Abraham and Sarai. Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve saw the fruit. And, and Eve told Adam, there's a fruit. Let's take it. And then the fall of man, yeah? Abraham and Sarai, they saw the fruit. Hagar, potential child, childbearer. And then Sarai told Abraham, take her so we can have that child. Are you with me? Is there a connection? Yes, definitely. I want you to appreciate that. That we're in the still, we're still in Genesis. And you know, they, they took their matters in their own hands. They did not trust God that God will provide the descendant. Ishmael was born because of that. And Abraham's firstborn son. It was fine at the very start. But you know the story. Sarai became pregnant and had Isaac. And then becomes the problem. They now, Abraham and Sarai, now Abraham and Sarah now has a child called Isaac. What are they going to do with Hagar and Ishmael? I just thought if check, to check if you're listening. Are you still there? And there's the failure of the num number four failure. Abraham and Sarah, they didn't have anything else to do with Hagar and Ishmael. And so, they had no purpose. They wanted to get rid of them. Horrible! After everything, terrible. They abandoned Hagar and Ishmael in the desert. 
they left them to die. It's, it's like a series of horrible decisions that Abraham is making. And he is considered a man of faith, a friend of God, a hero of our faith. Are you there? Look at that. But again, God shows up. God intervenes despite his failure. God intervened and saved Hagar and her son Ishmael from the wilderness. God gave them actually the same blessing that he gave to Abraham. If you look at the story of Abraham, I remember my wife and my son or my daughter. I have a three-year-old son, Hosea. And, you know, Hosea is Hosea, a toddler. And what, do, what do toddlers do? They build Legos and they break them, right? They, they, they eat and then they mess themselves up, yes? And what happens? The mother, the carer comes, follows through, cleans you up, makes you ready again, yeah? Abraham is like that. He's like that tantrum-filled <laughs> toddler. He doesn't know what he's doing. And yet, the mother, like God, always cleans up after our mess. Do you relate to that? Sometimes you had your tantrums and sometimes you just keep on breaking. Sometimes you are missing the point and yet, God still shows up in your life, saves your mess, even puts the pain into a beautiful purpose. The culmination of Abraham's story was on a mountain. Brother Bo said, mentioned it earlier. It's a mountain called Moriah. And again, it is sight in Hebrew because that is where God is showing up again. And after all his disobedience in the catastrophes, He's given to himself and to others. He finally learned to trust with a question mark. Let's check on it. So God gave Abraham a test. Here we go. He asked him to take Isaac on a journey and he will become, Isaac will become a burnt offering, a sacrifice. It is, it is one of the craziest parts of the Bible, but walk with me. And I'm sure you'll be asking, how does a God like that ask someone, promise that this person, this couple would have, what kind of God that promised that this couple would have descendants and yet their one and only child will be asked to be offered as a sacrifice? And that was intense, yes or no? Even in the ancient culture, that's intense. That's so unheard of. Actually, the Bible says God hates human sacrifices. That's what their neighbors are doing in their pagan religions. But in the law of Moses, God said human sacrifices were detestable to him from the, in, in Deuteronomy. And please do not, you know, this, this, please don't take this literally. But what we're trying to say here, that the test was so intense. You know why? Because God was intensely dealing with Abraham because of his intense stubbornness. Kulit! Ang kulit eh. He did not trust his promise. 
It was God's grave response to Abraham's grave failures. And this is where you will see that God keeps showing up. This is also where you will see Abraham starts trusting God. From the very start of the test, we will notice in the Bible that Abraham's trust is finally growing and pushing through. He's trusted God that his son will live. So let's look at the Bible verse from, from chapter 22, verse 5. He told his servants, stay here with the donkey. Abraham told the servants, the boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there and we will come right back. Expectant faith. He knows. He says it in his word and he believes it that they together will come back. He believed that he will go home with his son. His son was, you know, his, his trust in God was growing and, and, and he believed that God will make a way. God will provide. I will sing again. I'm not going to. Later tonight, attend the concert. I will sing. It's a very nice program. Trust me. So come and see us tonight. So as the boy asked his father, Isaac asked Abraham. It says further in chapter 22, verse 7 to 8. It says, we have the fire and the wood. The boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? What is Abraham's response? You're not convinced. What is Abraham's response? God will provide a sheep for the bird offering, my son. Abraham answered. That is trust. Beautiful. God will provide. Everybody shout it out. God will provide. He, he, this is very crucial. Abraham wasn't just climbing up the mountain thinking, oh, where is it going to come from? Oh, no, I'm going to sacrifice my son. No, he was climbing up the mountain, very, very, the mountain of sight. Yeah, he knows God is showing up, will show up. He told his servants, we'll come back. We'll be back. And together with his son, his son asked, where's the sheep? God will provide. Look at the trust. The trust is growing. Are you there with me? He was climbing up the mountain, not with blind faith. He was climbing up the mountain with expectant faith, with reasonable faith. His trust was growing based on the repeated experience again and again and again and again. Despite his failures, God continues to show up. Oh, my Lord. Thank you, Lord. Even with the terrible decisions that he has made, God still shows up. You never graduate from trusting God. And when Abraham reached the top, there it is. God really provided a ram for the burnt offering. And so Abraham called this place Yahweh Yireh, or Jehovah Jireh. God will provide. Remember, Father Albert mentioned it earlier in his homily. Yes? And on Mount Moriah, the mountain of sight, God will provide. You never graduate from trusting God. It is not something that you will just say, been there, done that, I'm okay. No. 
in whatever season, in whatever age, whatever phase of your life, you know, just like Abraham, the testing will come, but I hope that the trusting continues. You will keep on seeing God still, whatever season, time in your life. He will show up. Will you see Him? Will you be there recognizing Him? Trusting God is really hard, especially when the signs are not there, especially when your human nature wants to preserve yourself. But when we look at Jesus, Jesus wasn't in self-preservation. He was in self-sacrifice so that others may live. Slowly, step by step, one day at a time, we get to grow our trust in God more. And so remember that in every time that God shows up in your life, you know that He is trustworthy. You can give your full trust in Him. Why? Because ever faithful, again and again, no matter what happens, God will show up. Are you in that crisis now? Are you in a difficult situation? Thank you for saying yes. That means you are climbing the mountain of sight. That means keep on climbing, keep on struggling, and trust that God will show up. God will meet you. God will give you what you need. God will provide for you, not according to how we want Him to show up, but according to Him who wants to show up again and again in our lives. The story of Abraham's life is very, very powerful. We do not agree with his failures. No, 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 no. But the point here is, we do not just look at the power of Abraham's story. It's not because of Abraham, but because of that powerful God who remains faithful to him no matter what. Did you get that? Oh, yes. Thank you, Lord. God remained faithful to his human partner. Even if Abraham was a jerk, even if his grave failures, I know that I am a jerk too. Oh, my Lord. July na, mid-year na. Do you know that? How was the first half of your year? I just, you know, like Father Albert, you know, do I look tan? I just came from a vacation, from a beach, you know. And I actually thought about it. And I, I had a mid-year pause. And... I, I, I did rethink, I, I look back the past six months, you know, not too far because I'm going to get overwhelmed, yeah? But the past six months, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> I, I'm not, not the best that I could have done, yes? You know what I bookmarked in my mind? I remember that when I failed to show up for my wife, God did. When I did not have enough time for my kids, God made a way. When I was praying for this financial blessing and even 
I did not work on it, God still provided what I needed. If that is, is, that is happening in His, in, in my short history, oh, the next six months, I'm gonna trust Him more. Not because He will eventually do something about it. No, because I want to become like Him. Trustworthy. She keeps on showing up. Keeps on loving despite everything. Keeps on forgiving despite, you know, being such a jerk. When I look at myself in the mirror, I'm not that confident because I'm just looking at myself. But if you ask me now, reflecting on this talk, I look at myself and I see, okay. Nawala, nawala, nawala yung punto ko. I look at myself and I'm not just seeing Didoy anymore. I look at myself and I see that is a husband and a father and a doctor and a medical director and a preacher and a friend and many, many, many other hats. And that looks like the faithfulness of the Lord. I can only do all these things and I will only keep on doing this not by my own power but by God's power. Our lives could be powerful too. Not because we are powerful but because of the power and the faithfulness of God. Abba, our Father. Amen? Amen. May I invite you to stand? Let's worship God today. When we look at Abraham, we look at God. And fast forward to Jesus, the Lamb of God. If you go, I have been there. I've, when you go to the present day Jerusalem, you will discover that just a few meters from Mount Moriah, the very side where the very side where Abraham it's good to get some context everybody say context again when you go to Jerusalem you will see that a few meters from Mount Moriah the very site where Abraham found the ram that is the place where Jesus the Lamb of God was crucified that's how connected it all is but unlike Abraham who acted on self-preservation he threw his wife under the bus he took his matters in his own hands he left people for for themselves oh Jesus is not like that Abraham showed us self-preservation Jesus is showing us self-sacrifice
My friend, God knows that you are weak. You and I. God knows that we are weak. He knows that we fall. He knows that sometimes trusting is not easy. But He is so determined to restore us, to take care of us, to heal us, that He bound Himself. God became man, become part of that human experience, even death. He hung on that cross, that dirty cross, so that He, he holds the worst of our failures in His body and He even showed up after His death, through His resurrection, so that we too will rise up with Him. We are not doomed to fail. We are doomed to rise up with Him. God does not ask you to trust Him blindly. God asks you to trust Him completely. And if you come here not trusting God yet, this is a time that you can just, Lord, Okay, I will try again. Can, can you just do that? Today, as we come into prayer, look back into your life, short, medium, and long term. He keeps on showing up despite our failures, despite our differences, our struggles, our difficulties, despite our sins. God keeps on showing up. He is trustworthy. Even in our worst failures, He never leaves you. He is always there. God is always there. So thank you, Lord Jesus, for your faithfulness. I want you to raise your hands up and just have that moment with the Lord. He's calling you. He's showing up in our lives right here, right now. Lord Jesus, unlike Abraham who always acted in self-preservation, you are showing us self-sacrifice. Lord, you showed up even after death, your resurrection, so that we could rise with you. And so, Lord, right now, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you for, you always provide. You always save. Thank you, Lord, for always showing up in our lives. Even in our worst failures, you never leave us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I trust in you. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Subscribe to Feast Radio and open yourself to God's grace. For more podcasts like these, visit feast.ph radio.